Welcome to the New Cool Podcast. I'm Buster Brown, joined by my two phenomenal and amazing students, Jeremiah Jett. And Destiny Harris. Hey, Destiny, tell me something good. Yeah, I got to see my dad and stuff. We had fun. It's always good to hang tight with your parents. Jeremiah, what's up, partner? Well, I got to see my dad last week, and I'm <laughs> back with him again. I've been having fun, and I got some AirPods. I got some Yeezys. I've been chilling. <laughs> That's what's up, dude. So, Destiny, you have AirPods as well, right? Yeah, they were like the little Pokemon ones. How cool is that? I'm sure your parents enjoy spending time with you, man. It's nothing like hanging out with your kids. That's the good thing about remote learning. You have the best of both worlds. You know, you can spend time with your parents, at least more time with your parents, because normally kids are in school like eight hours a day and on the average, most parents, by the time we get home, we only have a couple of hours to really spend and with homework and dinner and all that stuff and getting them in bed on time. So that's fantastic. Let's get to our distinguished guest, good friend of mine, dear friend of mine, Judge Laura Covich. How you doing, Judge Covich? I am good, Buster. How are you? I'm good as well. And Jeremiah, what is a Yeezy? They're sneakers. <laughs> oh, it's a tennis shoe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. From Kanye West. In the hip hop community, they call Kanye Yeezy, Judge Covet. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know about Yeezys until about a year or so ago. So I'm on the same page as you, Judge Covet. Anyway, tell us something good about you. What's going on? Uh, something good. Something good is um, it looks like that North Carolina, if you think this is good, may be going into phase two of reopening on um, the 22nd at five o'clock. Um, the reason why I think that might be something good is because in the United States, we have a little over 30 million people out of work. Mm. Um, and that's taxing, not just on the economy, but of course, on folks that are trying to pay the bills. And so if we can get some folks back to work, that might be a good thing as long as we can do it safely. And that's a very good point. But I notice a lot of people are not doing it safely. So for those that are not taking it serious because they're having all these corona parties and just being very disrespectful as far as following the uh, law, um, should we step up the law as far as... Uh, Penalties? Oh, well, here's the problem with the stay at home orders is there's very little way with the current manpower that we have in each county and and probably in each state to enforce a stay at home order. It would mean that the law enforcement would always be policing who's where, who's doing what and having to take their attention away from the bigger problems, which for some of us, our states and counties have seen a rise in criminal activity, as well as domestic abuse and things like child abuse. There's a tight line in where police chiefs and sheriff departments are putting their manpower in this COVID-19 pandemic. What I don't understand, I guess, I've seen a couple of videos, I've I've had a couple sent to me asking this very same question. And I guess what I don't understand is I didn't see a lot of children in those videos. Mm. I saw grown adults. And I'm thinking, Mm. why does grown adults need to be babysat? I was sent a video from Myrtle Beach uh, with mopeds and golf carts and uh, streets shut down with just a bunch of activity that outside of COVID-19 would not have been lawful activity. So you go to Myrtle Beach and you know it's kind of a strict county and you shut down the streets and you're just wilding out in the middle of the street on mopeds and golf carts. Now, if you get arrested, whose fault will that be? Great point. 
Jeremiah said he think he has the uh, solution, Judge Cubbage. They Adults. should take their driver's license. <laughs> Police, if someone is out without doing something that is required, they should get their driver's license taken. I see the next lawyer here, or the yeah. next police, or the next legislature who is uh, ready to enact the law. Unfortunately, right now, um, wilding out in the middle of the street against a stay-at-home order is does not make you subject to losing your driver's license. However, if there was enough manpower to talk with each person that is doing that, there's probably a good chance that there's a, a decent number of them that doesn't have a driver's license in the first place. And if they're on these golf carts or mopeds on a public vehicular area, which is uh, a street or a highway, and they're driving one without a, law, um, a driver, a valid driver's license, that could put them in some trouble. So you might have a point there. <laughs> well, do they at least have a mask on? Um, I did not see a mask in the videos I saw. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. Was there more than 10 people? There was a lot more than 10 people. Oh, my God. <laughs> then they get surprised when they um, get corona. Wow. That's a very good point, Destiny. She was saying that, you know, they don't follow the rules and then get upset, you know, when they're infected with the virus or contract the virus. So let's talk about this, Judge Cubbage. There are a lot of people that do not wear the mask because they feel like it, it, it's taken away their freedom. You know, their freedom of expression. So what's your thoughts on that, Judge Cubbage? And of course, I'm not talking about any individual or individuals. I'm just talking about the situation. And you can be, I think it's called asymptomatic and not know you have the disease. So that's why that bothers me. Because you may not have the symptoms, but you can be a carrier. That was one of the reasons why the masks were recommended. Um, masks are not mandated. Uh, you have some stores some retail places, some places that you go in that, that will say that you cannot enter their stores without a mask on. But as far as the government, um, the law, there is not a mandate to wear masks. There's a recommendation. Um, and that's a difference. So really, it's left up to you. A lot of people feel like rights have been infringed on. So how do you handle it? This is where you get judges that interpret the law and interpret it differently. There was a lawsuit here in North Carolina where some pastors filed and a federal judge said that Governor Cooper infringed on the constitutional rights of uh, being able to worship freely, which is a constitutional right that you should be able to practice your religion freely. And a judge said that Governor Cooper overstepped his bounds by saying that you cannot have any more than 10 people at a, at a church gathering. So for the next two weeks, I think it started last uh, Sunday that just passed. So for the next two weeks, churches, if they want to, are allowed to have their regular church services. And then it's going to go back on um, in front of a judge. Um, then you have some other judges where there's been lawsuits that have been filed that said that the orders from the governor as well within the constitutional rights. There is statute that supports that when there's a pandemic or a national emergency that's been declared, and in fact, it was declared by uh, President Trump, as well as the governors of each state, that there are some constitutional rights that can be temporarily restricted. 
and that is for the well-being and safety. And there are some folks that feel like mask is a safety measure. Um, an individual wearing a mask, per the medical reports and doctors, is not to protect necessarily themselves, but it's in case you are one of those folks that are asymptomatic mm -hmm. but could be a carrier of the virus, you're protecting your neighbor should you come within six feet or even more from talking and then those droplets that carry the virus being in the air and they're said they can remain in the air for up to three hours. So you're actually protecting your neighbors. So for me personally, I don't have a problem wearing a mask when I am out because I most certainly want to protect my neighbor and I have never had any symptoms of COVID, but I also have not had a COVID test. So I, just as well as anyone else in the world, could be asymptomatic if you're mm -hmm. not having any symptoms. And I certainly don't want to be somewhere and because I'm asymptomatic, but possibly a carrier, pass it on to someone else. We do have some issues with folks that have disabilities that say that the mask hinders them from getting a sufficient amount of air and oxygen into their body. And so they feel like that goes against the American Disabilities Act. For the most part, I think it's what each person feels like they want to do. Absolutely. And I feel for those that have that disability where the mask is uh affecting them from getting the proper air that they need. So, of course, we're going to send prayers up for them. Um, how is COVID-19 affecting the court system, Judge Covich? You have court business. You need to file papers. And most certainly for those emergencies like domestic violence or some type of abuse, child abuse or domestic violence abuse, you most certainly can go in and still file the uh, appropriate papers. We're still doing emergency custody orders for children that might be in some type of danger or some type of trouble. So you most certainly can come in. Well, that's good news. What shouldn't we do? If you come into the courthouse, please don't make it a field trip and bring other folks. Come in, handle your business and leave. We are asking that you wear a mask when you come into the courthouse, just because, because it's a closed environment. And if these droplets stay in the air for three hours, you might have hundreds of people walking through a certain area in a span of three hours. And if everybody's respiratory droplets are in the air, there are some folks that are known carriers. There are some folks that are asymptomatic and they, they don't know that they're a carrier. They're coming through. We're having limited court sessions. And even in those court sessions, we have social distancing in the courtroom. So we're only allowing a limited number of folks in the courtroom at a time. Appreciate that, Judge Cubbage. And now Destiny and Jeremiah has a couple of questions they want to throw at you. But these are questions they want to ask for the adults, which is very nice. So they can get the information they need and not be clueless. And that's very thoughtful of you, Destiny. So I'm sure all the adults that's listening are going to really appreciate this. How do you know if, you know, someone's local courthouse is still open? Well, everybody's local courthouse is still open. Now, if you have a case in the courthouse, if your name is going to be on somebody's docket, like for a traffic case, then you were told uh, right in the middle of March when the shutdown started, you should have gotten a letter somewhere in those couple weeks after from the clerk of court saying that your case has been continued. You'll get a letter showing the continuance date. We're not doing any cases like traffic cases until at least after June the 1st. So what if someone has a court date and 
is it still scheduled or like what do they do to find out if it's still going on? Well, right now, if you have a court date, nine times out of 10, it's not still going on. One of three things are going to happen. You're going to get a letter in the mail that's going to tell you when your new court date is. You can go online at nccourts, www.nccourts.org and look on if it's a, let's say if it's a civil case, you can look on the civil calendar and you can search for your name or you can call to the courthouse to the clerk of court. And if it's civil, you want to ask for the civil clerk of court. If it's criminal, you want to ask for the criminal clerks of court and give them your name and they can look you up and tell you when your court date is scheduled. And if it's not scheduled, they'll tell you that as well. The website for the courthouse, North Carolina court system is www.nccourts.org. Got it. So Judge Coverage, I've known you for years, but I'm sure there's some some people out there would like to know you a little more personal and my students as well. But before we do that, go ahead and give a shout out to some of your colleagues out there. I'm sure you'd like to say hello to. Kudos to our Chief Justice Sherry Beasley, who is over the whole judicial branch. And she's been very transparent in this pandemic. Which is fantastic because we need that. We need honesty so we know what we're up against. So appreciate that, Judge Covich. So y'all ready, Destiny and uh, Jeremiah? Let's get to know Judge Covich. Go for it. So here, you know, just some fun questions we want to ask. So first, where were you born? I was born in Virginia in a little town called Luray, Virginia. Um, Most people, especially uh, young adults, have heard of Luray Caverns. A lot of times that's a field trip for schools, especially schools that are not located in Virginia. And I was born in just a very small town. I think it has two stoplights. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of tall were you? Were you like a funny kid, a bad kid, the smart kid, the quiet kid, the bully? Because right now, I'm like the funny, kind of quiet and smart kid all in one. And I'm the one who keeps the class together before they get out of the control. Right. Okay. So for me, I was probably uh, the smart kid uh, and the rebellious kid and the one that keeps the class together before they get out of control, rolled all up in one. And one thing my teachers used to always say is, you need to grow up and be a lawyer. Because I always found myself taking up for what people call the underdog. Mm -hmm. I didn't like to see people get picked on. I did not like to see people get mistreated. And no matter how much I tried to keep quiet, I always ended up running, opening my mouth about it. See, she understands. Yeah, so, and here here I am in law, uh, an attorney and a judge. So obviously the teachers knew more than I knew at that time. Now, you know, this rap music nowadays is kind of crazy. Who are your favorite top three rappers? My favorite top three rappers post-mortem is Tupac and Big and Smalls. But my favorite rapper now is probably Jay-Z. In honor of, you know, the new cool and stuff, what do you think the new cool should be for this generation? The new cool? Yes, because that's the name of our podcast. For your generation, the new cool should be everyone in your generation uh, becoming civically engaged. And that's encouraging because this group, the name of our organization is the New Cool Movement. The name of the podcast is the New Cool Podcast. So they're on the right path because they're very community oriented. And we have a lot of projects that we're working on to do in the community to make the community better. Um, But they were put on hold, of course, because of 
the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So once everything gets back to normal, and it will, I know God will get us past this as well. We'll get out there and uh, make our name known in the community. The new cool movement is going to happen. Destiny, what's your response to what Judge Cubbett said about young people being more civic-minded? Because I know you're one of those young people that are already in that mindset. So go ahead and share your thoughts with Judge Cubbett on what she said. Um, I think that's, you know, really true because just it's just some kids that aren't really, you know, they see something that's going on, but yet they won't actually engage on it because even if they know morally that it's wrong or right, they won't actually, you know, go for it and other, you know, details to the story. And I think it's important for, you know, kids to know that, if something's wrong, something's right, and you believe in something, don't be scared to, you know, go after it. Because um, a person's opinion that matters to you can affect a lot on how a person will turn out in the future. There it is right there. Judge Destiny Harris. She's going to be the next judge right there. I'm so proud of you, Dest. Judge Cubbins, share the hard work that you put in to get where you are today. When I graduated from high school, um, remember I was born in a small town in Virginia, very country town, very textile oriented town or manufacturing oriented. So I was actually just taught to grow up, uh, get married and have children. And for some reason, I never just wanted to do that. But I started out, you know, thinking that that was gonna be the American dream. So I worked in some factories and then I moved to North Carolina because I wasn't satisfied in some factories. I worked at the post office carrying mail. I wasn't satisfied with that. I came to North Carolina and I worked in some factories. And then um, I started dating a guy that was a barber. And so he was like, it's not a lot of women cutting men's hair, so why don't you do that? Now that was probably what I say was the best job I've ever had. And I say that because I was in the barbershop and I learned so much, not just about Mm -hmm. people, but about who I was as an African-American female. And I got to see a lot of the injustices that I stand against today because a lot of the clients that were patronizing me had had encounters with the justice system. And it was very clear and easy to see that they did not get a fair shot when they went in there. So being that rebellious and always (laughs) taking up for the underdog that I grew up being, I was just constantly cutting hair, trying to find a way where I could help folks out in the justice system. And the only conclusion was you need to go to college. The way to help is was suitable for me was become a lawyer. The way to become a lawyer was you had to do four years of college and then you had to do three years of law school. So it was either I can sit here and complain and want to do something, as Destiny said, seeing some things that were right, but seeing a lot of things that were wrong, or I could just, you know, get out there and do it. And I always tell my young folks that I talk to it doesn't matter where you start, just start. And one thing that my grandmother used to always tell us when we had to do things over because we didn't do it right, she'd always says, it's always better to do things right the first time than go back and redo them. Because you have to go back and redo them. It just takes double the time instead of just taking your time and doing it right the first time. So shortcuts are probably never going to get you anywhere. Just, you know, take your time, do it the right way the first time, or at least to the best of your ability. And nine times out of 10, you're going to reap the reward that you're looking for at the end. And no, nothing's going to be handed to you. And and I can tell you because um, Buster is one of my biggest supporters since the day he met me when I was in 
And when people see that you want to do something for yourself and you're trying, they will do everything that they possibly can do to help you get to where you want to get to. And he has made it possible for me every step of the way. I mean, from coming in the barbershop at crazy <laughs> times to bringing his children in the barbershop at crazy times to always putting a plug out where he's somewhere. I've been many places and people have said, oh, I just heard about you from Buster Brown. Man, I appreciate that so much. I'm about to cry. And I tell you, it's so cool to be friends with a judge and a really good friends with a judge. So I'm just like honored that you're sharing this with my scholars. That's a big deal. I appreciate you so much, Judge Covich. And a quote that came to mind when you were talking is, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. That's exactly right. And what's fantastic is, you know, listening to your story, you had greatness in you already and you had a good heart in you already. And to know that we have a judge with a heart like yours behind that bench and with the power that you have, we know we're going to be safe and our youth are going to be safe and have a fair chance. And that's a big deal. What are some laws, Judge Cubbage, that kids need to know about? Our law in North Carolina, we were one of only two states that even had this law still in existence that kids at age 16, when they got found themselves in some criminal trouble, were charged as adults versus juveniles. As of December 1st of 2019, kids are no longer charged as adults when they find themselves in some nonviolent trouble. Now, that does not mean go out and get in trouble because you're still going to suffer the consequences. And if it's a violent crime, you're still charged as an adult and you will be housed with an adult. Are there any laws you'd like to change? I'd like to go back and relook at um, court costs, especially for those Mm. folks that find themselves in the justice system and they can't afford a lawyer. Because many of our folks on probation are on probation merely because they have not paid off their fines. Now, in North Carolina, we no longer believe in what we call our debtor's prison, which is we're not really going to put you in jail because you can't pay your fines. But a lot of judges continue to um, extend terms of probation to allow folks to pay their fines. But for me, I tend to feel like if a judge on the front end has determined you don't you don't make enough money to hire your own attorney and we'll appoint an attorney for you then it doesn't make a lot of sense for a judge that finally sees the resolution of a case to put a lot of court fines and court costs on you. Mm. That keeps people in the system. And in turn, when you're not done with probation, that takes away your uh, some of your liberties and constitutional rights, which is one of them being the right to vote. So a lot of folks end up not being able to vote because they have fines and fees that they have not paid off, to which the court system, i.e. judges, knew they weren't going to be able to pay them in the first place. <laughs> right. So that makes no sense to me. Um, and it keeps people in a downward spiral instead of allowing people to be accountable mm. for something, yeah. but, but find a way to get out of it and move on with their life. There's another law I'd like to change, and I think it's in the midst of getting changed, or we may have just gotten it changed, and that is that little checkbox on applications. When you've done everything that a judge or the law tells you you have to do, I don't believe that you still should have to go and file applications for jobs and still have to check a box that, yes, I'm a convicted felon. Mm, I agree. Um, because that makes you, you have to end up reliving that crime over and over and over and over again. Some people feel strongly different about that. They say, you know, we have a right to know who people are, but 
all of us will have a past and Jeremiah and destiny, as you get to me and Buster's age, you will have a past that um, <laughs> <laughs> you will, you will just like to be able to move on from. We all are going to make some bad decisions at every chapter in our life, some decisions that we wish we would have done differently. And once we rectify that, we should not have to continue to relive that over and over and over again. This is why we should be so grateful to have you, Judge Laura Covich, where you are. <laughs> you, yes. You're a perfect example of you can't make change if you're not a part of the change. That's exactly right. And for Destiny and Jeremiah, one thing I always want you to know is do not count it a privilege to be able to have a Zoom conversation with a judge. I should count it a privilege that you all want to have a Zoom conversation with me. I work for you. Even though you're not of age to vote, I still work for you. And everything that I do, 90% of what I do should be fighting for you two to be able to walk down the same path that I walk through, but with less obstacles. And if you see an elected official that is asking for the vote of the people, but they feel like they don't have time to sit in and talk to a Jeremiah or a Destiny because of your age or whatever else, then you make sure that when you get civically engaged, you go out here and you tell people this is not the candidate to vote for because I try to have just a little conversation and they <laughs> blew me off as if I was not anything. You make sure you keep that in mind. Judge Coverage, tell everyone the great news about what's next. What's next is I'm on the ballot in 2020 for the North Carolina Court of Appeals, which is the second highest court in the state. When I get elected, and I am a person that always believe that you, you are to speak things into existence. So when I get elected, I will still be the only African-American woman on a 15-seat judiciary, meaning there's 15 judges on the Court of Appeals. I'll be the only African-American woman. Best case scenario, we'll have two African-Americans. One will be a male, one will be a woman. But worst case scenario, we'll end up with only one African-American. And those are things that need to change. And that's why I say, Jeremiah and Destiny, get civically engaged. You know, call your elected officials, talk to them, approach them, shake their hands, look them in the eye and say, you know what, one day I may want, I may want to run for office and I want you to start telling me how I can go about doing that. Because our court system, our Supreme Court has been in existence for 200 years. Our Court of Appeals was started in 1967. And out of 1967, I will be the 14th African-American person to sit on the Court of mm. Appeal. And that is absolutely ridiculous because that means in 44 years, we've only had 13 African-Americans to sit on that bench. And often there's always only one, you know, there. In our state, we have a melting pot and our branches of government should reflect that so that everybody feels represented and everybody feels like there's an opportunity for them to have a bite at the apple as well as anyone else. I love it. So, Destiny, I'll start with you first. What is your takeaway from what Judge Cubbage just shared? For me, because um, when I grew up, I really wanted to be a lawyer. You said because we're all just one, you know, big melting, melting pot. We're all these different, you know, colors, flavors. And so when, like, we should really represent that, that even though, you know, there's so many colors in here, at the end of the day, it's still, you know, 
we're still all the same thing. There we go. Another judge that's going to be fair. What about you, Jeremiah? What's your takeaway? Now, as a president of an organization, <sighs> I get what you're saying. As the president, too. Don't forget that. What they're talking about, Judge Kovic, is they're both the president of our organization, the new cool movement. We'll tell you about that in a minute. Go ahead, Jeremiah. As black Americans, we went through so much. We went through slavery, segregation, and all of that. We can't just expect the world to give us what we want. We got to still work for it as much as the next person. So if we want something, we got to work just as hard as the next person is going to work. And we got to build a path for the for the next generation. We are the next generation, but we still got to build a path for the generation after us and generation after that so that we can keep having this movement and stop going backwards. Like, we had a movement with Dr. Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, all them great African-American leaders, and then we got somewhere, and what then they, they just want to start bringing us back. Now, right. I learned that we got to start, we got to build a path for the people, the younger generation, generations after that, and we got to keep moving forward because we're not going to get nowhere without hard work and determination. Is that your takeaway from this? <laughs> yeah. And Destiny, yes. that was your takeaway from this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my job is good. I did good. <laughs> Just because something works doesn't mean we can't always make it better. Most things that are man-made does not always need improvement. Remember that. Absolutely. You got that new cool? So the new cool is an organization. Yes. And we represent everything Jeremiah said. We're all about making the future better for the generations to come. And the best thing about new cool is that we're going to add an option to cool. We're not going to infringe or judge anybody's cool today we're just going to give youth another option to cool or what's cool and we have um, a group of phenomenal young men and women in the new cool movement and it's a few more of us as well we got jonathan wilcox tyshawn baxter desiree Beringer, ava white and i think romeo adam is our last one so we're going to keep building and building until this movement is as strong as this new hip-hop culture movement. And we're not trying to knock it out the way. We're just trying to give kids another option. If they think, you know, NEL Choppa or, you know, any NBA young boy or Nicki Minaj or Megan Thee Stallion is cool and other hip-hop artists or maybe athletes, and that's cool. But what we want to do is give youth another option of what's cool, another image of what's cool. And it's not our place to judge your um, opinion of what's cool. We just want to give you another option because you got Dr. King, you have Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Judge Laura Covich. You have a Dr. Michelle Johnson who runs the point, um, Reverend Takuma Johnson who runs the point. That's also cool. So let's give them that cool as well and let them make a choice. Whether you want to be uh, Judge Kovic, cool, um, Dr. Michelle Johnson's cool, or you want to be Megan Thee Stallion, Nicki Minaj, cool. It's your choice. But they don't have much of those images out there, and they don't have much of those options. So we want to give them that option so that we can give kids a brighter future and give them a chance. Because all of the young people in the new cool movement, they're the future. Judge Kovic, Barack Obama, Dr. Michelle Johnson, um, Dr. Martin Luther King's, the next Buster Brown on the radio and television, the next Oprah Winfrey. 
they're the next generation. And that's what's up. And I love taking everything I've learned over the last 30 years, pouring it into them so they can create the future that Jeremiah and Destiny said that they're here to represent. I love it. Because these kids are just kids, like when we were just kids, you know, they dress up like the hip hop artists and the athletes, just trying to be cool, don't mean any harm. And a lot of them are honor roll students as well, good kids as well. But how about giving kids another option and another image of cool so that they don't have to go through those kind of judgments, which are very unfair. The new cool movement. Yeah. And you know, the greatest speaker, you know, representation of the world is, you know, is, you know, Jesus, because when he was walking, they didn't really have to really say anything because it was his representation of how he carried himself, how he walked, how he spoke to people. Wow. That's absolutely true, Destiny. How you speak to people. You know, your presentation is your first form of communication. And I'll say it again. Your presentation is your first form of communication. You know, how you present yourself is how people are going to perceive you. So your presentation is what's going to give you a chance to be heard. Yes, that's very judgmental, but that's just the ways of the world if you want to get to the level that you deserve. And I'm sure in your position, it's got to be tough because you have to keep up that image. So do you take your work home, Judge Covet? I, I take it home every night, and especially when I'm dealing with young folks, because I always pray that I've made the right decision and that they can um, come out of this experience and still have a good quality of life and put some things behind them. Um, and I always look for alternative resolutions for our young people. Um, I'm not going to saddle them down with a bunch of court fees and fines. And if I can help them from getting a record that will follow them the rest of their life, I will certainly do that. Like, for instance, um, I've had some college kids that had an experience with the court system and they were in the middle of their semesters. So what I did was and, and they might have pled guilty to whatever they've done. And um, a couple of times what I did was said, you know, what are your grades now? My grades are this. All right. You need to come back to me and I'm going to put this date on for a few days or a week before the end of your semester. And I want to see all these in all your classes. And if I see all these in all your classes, then that's my deferred judgment for you that this will continue until a week before the end of your semester and we're going to call it a wrap if you bring me back all these and see now they've got motivation because you know they don't want to one they come before someone and i don't mean to belabor this but which is really important and to me for our young people to see people that look like them in positions that they may aspire to be yes you know to see a buster brown on the radio radio personalities are not just for other people, they're just as easily accessible for us. To be a judge, destiny, you have to be a lawyer in order to be a judge. A judge, honey, is not rocket science at all. The biggest problem you're going to find is time management. That's it. If you learn how to manage your time in high school and in college, you're going to uh, breeze through law school because it's just a lot of reading and a lot of people leave college and go straight to law school and they didn't manage their time that well in college because they did a lot of the partying and stuff. Now there's a boatload of reading in law school and they don't know how they're going to get it all in. So it's just time management. But that's very important for people to see people that look like them in these positions so that they know it's not out of reach. That was very humble for you to say it that way. Now every kid know that whatever their dream is, it's not out of reach. Okay, it just takes hard work and time management. 
and taking it serious. So that's that's what's up. Let's turn the tables a little bit. What is that song you listen to when you want to release some stress after a tough day? I like Mary J. Blige's Fine. She talks about how, you know, she's had a lot of problems, but she's going to be fine. Fine, 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 fine. Woo! And can I go back to when you said being a judge is not rocket science? I love how you presented that very humbly. But can I say this? Being a rocket science is not rocket science. They know what they know, just like you know what you know. I mean, right. Keep it real. <laughs> and not to belittle being a rocket science, because that's a fantastic profession. Being the president of the United States, being a judge, anything, a chemist. My point is that they know what they know very well. And whatever your purpose is and whatever your gift is, you master that and all of us are just as equal, and we all matter. Everybody gift matter. That's my point. Thank you, Judge Cubbage. Thank y'all. Thank you, Jeremiah. <laughs> Thank you, Destiny, for giving me some of your day. Well, you could be doing anything else in the world, and you decided to share this with me. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And Judge Destiny Harris and President Jeremiah Jett, um, you two were amazing today. So I'm about to call you and say, can Jeremiah or Destiny write my next <laughs> campaign speech? <laughs> and you know they'll do a great job. Right. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. They're great public speakers as well, too. So. I see. And I love this organization, the new cool. I love that. And I'm brainstorming like right now. Y'all just don't even know like how I'm <laughs> brainstorming on that. And you guys enjoy the rest of your day and your time off. And you enjoy your day as well, Judge Covage. Wow, I really enjoyed the show. Any closing remarks, crew? We'll start with you, Destiny. I want to respond to something that Jed Cubbett said about, you know, the youth coming into the courtroom and seeing people like her. I think it's very, you know, important to know that just because, you know, there are other people out there doesn't mean that you have any less chance than the next person. Because you could just walk in the courtroom and it'd be a person you'd never expect to be a judge. And, you know, if you listen to what, you know, the background is, you'll find out that anything is really possible if you have, you know, time and you put your mind to it. Destiny, that was awesome. I had a great time being here with Judge Covage. And I'd rather be here with somebody who already accomplished things and did things and be where they are right now and do things in life. Because I'd rather get my career started young then playing outside or playing my PS4. So thanks for being here with me, Judge Cubbage. Um, I really hope, you know, everybody listening really got what, you know, we took away from that and really understood because this something like this isn't really, you know, talked about that much. We all need to, you know, get it out there so that way when we, you know, make a new generation, they're going to come up better than us because that's our main goal. I hope you all, you know, learn something today. Stay safe out there. This was the New Cole Podcast. I'm Destiny Harris. I'm Jeremiah Jett. And if you have any questions or comments, or even if you want to recommend um, someone to get on the show, email us at newcoleradio at gmail.com.